Welcome to the first episode of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the House. Uh, today, we will be talking about season four, episode 22 of That's So Raven, which is the That's So Raven finale, uh, where there is smoke. And so this episode uh, is thought to be uh, episode zero of the podcast, a way for Ren and I to really get comfortable and get a good feel for the world in which Corey is going to live, the character that Corey is, and then leading into... Uh, what will be Corey in the house. And so uh, with me today and forever and always is my co-host, uh, Renan Fontes. Renan, how are you? I'm doing well, Bryce. How are you today? I am doing great. Uh, I got to watch an episode of That's Raven. I got to learn why smoking is bad. And I got to see a guest star who I did not think I was going to see. <clears throat> Uh, and what about you? You're doing well? I've been doing all right. I've been excited to finally dive into the Corey in the house mythology. Of course, it all begins with that. So Raven, but I mean, really what we saw tonight was mainly a prelude to what's coming next. Yeah. And so, so something that you and I were discussing uh, before we started to record the episode is that this in, so in chronologically, this is the final episode of that. So Raven. This is the final episode of That's So Raven that aired on TV. Yes, but in, in no way is this a, a finale feeling. Uh, there uh, are characters that are missing. It's very much so confined to the house. Uh, Going off the episode's production numbers, this is actually the second to last episode written. Oh, so... But um, it, was, it was aired after Corey in the House had already premiered. That that is actually something I didn't know when watching the episode. Do you think so? It, it this aired after Corey in the House aired. I'm I'm pretty from my understanding the episode was filmed before Corey in the House was filmed, but the last few episodes of That's So Raven were held onto for after Corey in the House started. Wild. So and that could be why this episode felt like it existed on another space and time. Uh, all together there's a there's a lot of weird things to discuss about the episode because like it's not a typical finale but it's also not a typical episode of that's so raven yeah so it, it, everything about it was very bizarre and so mm. uh just to walk you listeners through what our plan is and what we're gonna do so we're gonna take you step by step uh, through each scene of the episode talk about maybe some things that stood out some jokes that landed and uh just analyze and look at the writing the performances and the depth to uh, in this case that's a raven but after this we'll be restarting with Corey in the house and so uh before we we do that do you have any uh, other initial thoughts i know we, we discussed a little bit any other initial thoughts on the episode or do you want to dive right in uh no ronald sheridan the father yeah, he, so that's, that's actually a perfect place to start. Victor, so, Victor, right? Yeah, Victor is gone from the episode. We open up with Raven on the phone with him. Uh, she's in the kitchen saying, uh, Dad, I'm glad that you're enjoying 
the utensil convention and, and mentions that she's disappointed that or that she's not surprised that no one else wanted to attend Ladle Palooza. Renan, yeah. I have to ask you, what is uten- the utensil convention? What is Ladle Palooza? I think this is something Victor must have put together. <laughs> so is it- he's at the height of his career at the Chill Grill. Yeah. He- his, he, he doesn't have his wife tying him down. This is after she's already left the show. He's gone. Like, he's on the cusp of moving to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. He kind of he wants to do one last big thing with his life. And that is putting together the utensil. Ladle Palooza. <laughs> Starring Ladle Palooza. Do the chefs bring out their ladles and they compare, you know, that one's steel, that one's wood, uh, which is the best, the most finest ladle. I just have got to wonder what Victor is doing at Ladle Palooza. I kept expecting him to come back near the end of the episode. I didn't realize when you had said before we started watching that there would be a tie into Corey in the house, that this is just something that you just made up. Yeah, I, I, did, I did not realize that uh, this episode does not segue at all into Corey in the house. But what's good is that it is a very Corey centric episode. So uh, we find Victor's gone, Raven's home uh, alone, and in walks Corey. Uh, and so Raven is left in charge. And Already had, we have some tension between them. We do, because they have... Uh, Corey needs to do his chores. And he's, he has a basketball in his hand. He says he's going to the library with his basketball. Uh, and Raven catches that lie out right away. He says, that's a bad lie. You got to be honest with me. Have you done your chores today? Uh, what does is, what is Corey say, Renan? Corey insists that he has. And yeah. for every single question Raven asks him, Corey has the perfect answer. He even tells her that he got fresh milk. And of course, it's that transition, that smash cut from chunky milk to the intro that truly begins the episode. Yeah, uh, so Raven realizes that Corey completely lied to get out of doing the chores, that he's done nothing, and that the milk is chunky. Uh, and she screams, and we go, like you said, go into the intro. Uh, is that a good cold open, bad cold open? It's, it's, I guess it's good in the sense that, you know, it sets up the rest of the episode. It does. It gives us really the, uh, the main things that we're going to be looking out for, which is Corey not doing his chores, uh, oh, and I'll, we well, not really it. though, because actually the the episode is about the smoking. Yeah, not so much Corey. Not, well, I, well, I guess Corey not doing his chores sets up the fact that whole boy cried wolf. Yes, theme of the episode, yes. where mm-hmm. if he hadn't been lying about the chores, Raven would have believed him. Yeah. So I and we'll discuss it later on, but I think that a lot of the issue uh, comes down to Corey lying about the laundry, and I think Raven even makes that more of an issue in the end than the actual it's, it's a classic comedy of errors it it is a classic comedy of errors in this case and so the only other piece that we didn't mention is uh the casserole that is <laughs> in the oven for the mayor <laughs> um so victor tells raven uh, on the phone you know i'm at little palooza living it up large you need to at home make sure that this casserole that's in the oven gets taken out in time because the mayor is going to come pick it up. Uh, do you, anything that you want to say just in setting up the casserole? We learn more about Set, it. Setting up, setting up this subplot or discussing the subplot? So, so um, let's... Because I, I have a lot to discuss about <laughs> this. <laughs> so, so let's actually... So before we, we 
finish that piece with the casserole. We'll we'll talk about the next the scene that was after the credits, and then we go back to the casserole. So okay. uh, the, the, I'm excited to talk about that casserole because <laughs> it it looked disgusting, <laughs> horrible. Um, so scene two uh, credits are over. We find that uh, Corey is walking around the living room with his laundry basket in hand, and doorbell rings. It his his friend Cindy. It's Cindy. We don't, yeah, we we don't know what their relationship is. Cindy it? Cindy is a character who appears in the show a few times. Okay, so they're they're friends. They seem friendly. They hug. Um, uh, one of the punchlines of this scene, Ren, is Corey's socks. That's right. Corey wearing Corey is wearing Raven socks, <laughs> and they're not. So it'd be one thing. They're bright. They're colorful. It'd be one thing if it's just the socks that we notice, but. Uh, the socks themselves, they're like those toe socks. So each toe has an individual uh, spot in the sock to be tucked into. Uh, why? Why is Corey... I guess the joke is Corey doesn't do his laundry, so he doesn't have any clean socks. But why are I those... thought the joke was that Corey was wearing those socks. And yeah, now it's supposed to be enough. Uh, I just don't understand these socks. I don't know if they're comfortable. They look pretty miserable to wear. Well, Corey um, throws them back at Raven when she yeah, throws them back. He, he's done with them. And we actually, um, later on at the end of the episode, uh, we see those socks um, put underneath Corey's bed. We're in the middle of the episode when Raven's under the bed. We see those socks come back. Um, all right. So, so I digress. So Cindy's in. She's in the house. Uh, and they're talking about they're at new schools. And that's when we learn that Cindy's new friend, Smoke. Well, of course, they're cool. Yeah, so she says they're really cool. They smoke. Uh, I have a question for you. And then Corey takes them away. It says, yo, you can't smoke. Um, well, it's talking about how she can't smoke. And she says, uh, I've only done it once before. So I have a question. Um, if you are smoking for the second time in your young life, do you think that you go over to your friend's house and in their living room? Pull out a pack of cigarettes and start smoking. Try to smoke in their living room. <laughs> like I felt that was so bold of her. It it was very bold. Also, after she she was really she was ready to commit. She'd only smoked one time. Yeah. But already she she was like, I need a cigarette. She yeah, because she's saying you're stressing me out. I need a cigarette. So she's all after that one time. She is dependent on them so much so that she walks into her friend's living room and says this is the time and place to start smoking yeah uh so Corey takes them away because uh, Corey cannot believe that she is smoking and uh, do you want to what's the caveat with that Ren? do you want to kind of explain this setup well Corey's trying to be a good friend here he's trying to be a good guy he takes the cigarettes away from Cindy but he puts them in his shirt pocket mm-hmm. in a room full of laundry yep in a room Full of laundry because that's just what what Corey's life is now. Uh, and Corey's really setting up his own undoing with this act. He is, and, and so Cindy goes to leave, and she says, uh, "All right, you you can take them, but you have to promise not to tell anyone that I'm smoking." Okay, uh, terrible move, terrible terrible move in my opinion. It's it's a bit of an awkward scene too. Yeah, very awkward. Like uh, the way just them both on the couch, Corey's kind of jittery. Mm-hmm. 
And <laughs> this is what I meant when I was talking about that community theater vibe. Early. Yeah. And is she like, is she mad about it? Is he, he's obviously very upset about it. He's like, you cannot do this. Um, it's just a, a very awkward situation. And the fact that Cindy uh, puts it on Corey to not tell anyone is she puts Corey in a bad position terrible position um so we we get back to that in a little bit uh but now we get to the casserole i i think we should just discuss this whole plot in one go you want to do the whole thing okay i i I don't i don't think it's worth coming back to this one back and (laughs) forth (laughs) so i'm gonna say that this was this was the real low point of the episode of the (laughs) that's a raven finale this I felt like time was time was not well spent. No, it so uh Raven is in her kitchen. She is stressed out uh, about this casserole. She has so many things to do. Uh Eddie and Chelsea, her, her BFFs, come in to the house and they say, Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, bo- both of them clear adults. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's hairline obviously receding <laughs> at this point. Yeah, because this is very far into the filming of That's Our Raven. And <laughs> uh, they, when they come in, Raven is checking in on the casserole. They are so excited. Eddie practically puts his head into the oven. Uh, he is that excited to smell and taste the casserole. Uh, Chelsea's apparently burned herself <laughs> on the oven before. She, not, she does not have fingerprints anymore <laughs> because she has- she has burned her fingers so many times trying to take out the casserole dish. Um, she recognizes that she no longer has fingerprints. Uh, she says, like, uh, I miss my little thingy prints or something along those lines. And it's that, it's that little bit of characterization you always get with Disney Channel. Yeah. It's, it, it's really something. And that so, extra mile. Uh, they're, like, they're like, hey, Raven, what's going on today? Raven says, hey, I'm really busy. Uh, do you want to help me with my chores? Uh, which is when you have friends over. I think that's a bit too broad. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so rude. Um, she's like, I have to dust. I need to clean, and they want nothing to do with that because why would they? They don't live there. Uh, but they're all right watching the casserole. They are perfectly okay watching the casserole. They say, we'll stay here. Raven, you go do whatever you need to do. Um, there are a couple of logistic, logistic problems with that casserole. So, yeah, so they, Raven leaves. They take it out of the oven um, using... So did you notice how they use the oven mitts? I did notice that. Um, I didn't make the point to mention the oven, oven that, mitts. That they use them. Yeah, because that way they won't lose their fingerprints to the, the casserole dish. But they instead of putting their hands in the oven mitts, it's mitts, they just hold them. Um, so they don't even put the oven mitts on. They just hold the oven mitts, move the casserole, uh, and who could resist? They got to dive in and taste it. Um, A couple things to note about their, their tasting. Uh, yeah. One, the casserole looks disgusting. Awful. Two, the way they eat the casserole. <laughs> hunched over with not even like spoons you eat with like giant unwieldy spoons just shoveling mm-hmm. like like scraping the top of the casserole into their mouth 
Until it's, it's just like a, a round lump of mayonnaise. It's, it does. There's, there's mostly, like, it looks like uh, really dried up layers of mozzarella cheese that are all clumped up together that they're trying to shove into their mouth with giant utensils. Um, there's some mushy green and orange colors in one of the bites that Chelsea takes. It's a rough looking casserole. And they have to remake the casserole. They twice. do because they eat the whole thing. And so... But, but first of all, mm-hmm. they, ha- they have the recipe, but how are they going to make the casserole the exact, the exact same way that Victor, a trained professional <laughs> chef who's about to work for the president of the United States, mm-hmm. and the ingredients. Yeah, they just, luckily, they just, they get lucky and they have a second amount of all the ingredients that it takes to make this disgusting looking casserole. For the mayor. For the mayor. Uh, and you're right. Uh, luckily, Eddie maybe has been spending some time in culinary school himself because they're able to whoop together uh, a casserole that I would say looks identical to the first. With the exact same stains on the outside. The exact same stains and the exact same uh, horrible textures to it. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, we, we end up, we, we cut to... Uh, back to the smoking plot for a little bit. We come back to Eddie and uh, Chelsea. They are, uh, that's when they're making the second casserole. Raven comes downstairs at the beginning of the scene and finds Eddie and Chelsea. Uh, and she says, oh, what are you guys doing? And they say, oh, we're waiting for the casserole to be done. Raven says, really, it was supposed to be taken out hours ago, which means Raven has been somewhere in her house for hours. And Eddie and Chelsea have been in the kitchen for hours. That's half of it. They make, remember that they take the, the second casserole out of the oven hours later and it's piping hot. Yeah. And Raven comments that it feels like it just came out of the oven. It's. Uh, so. Raven, Raven must have spent like a solid six hours upstairs underneath Corey's bed. <laughs> She was waiting and waiting while in the meantime, her two middle-aged friends are unsupervised unsupervised in the kitchen. Um, making the master of a casserole. casserole. The mayor. Just casserole after casserole. <laughs> and uh, after, at, at the end of this scene, of course, uh, they leave it and it's perfectly for the mayor, right? Red? What? I said after this scene, they leave the casserole and it's uh, perfectly there, uh, right? And they just leave it and they they go do something else, correct? Is this a trick? (laughs) Yeah. No, of course, yeah, they they eat it. They eat the whole thing. They eat two of those awful casseroles. (laughs) Shovel it down again. (laughs) Lean it over giant utensils uh probably purchased from the previous year's utensil convention Ugh. it's an exhausting storyline it the acting from eddie is a loud actor <laughs> he he wants every moment to be his big moment orlando, um, orlando brown and <laughs> this this certainly is not it this is not his scene um 
So let's, uh, you want to cut back to, you mentioned Raven under the bed. Do we want to talk? We have to introduce Larry. Yeah. So we, we, we need Larry uh, in this episode pronto. So um, Raven comes home and uh, she, cause she's out doing chores, I think at, at one point. So Raven comes into the house uh, holding someone's dry cleaning ambiguous as to who, who whose it is she drops it on the ground and immediately screams at Corey because she sees a laundry basket in the living room uh, and she's it's knocked over so she's picking it all up and that's when she finds the cigarette in Corey's pocket okay she calls Corey down and that's when they have a back and forth about uh I can't believe you're smoking Corey says I'm not smoking and Raven says but you're smoking Corey I, I'm not smoking and then he, Corey literally, I don't know if you noted this, Corey runs away. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly run away. He tells Raven to trust him. He says, uh, let's see, because I wrote it down. Uh, he says, um, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, and you need to just believe me. And then he bolts. <laughs> He's gone. That is his, his final argument, final say on the matter. Um. I, and I then feel Raven, like the, tension, the tensions were high, you know. Corey yeah. was playing basketball earlier. His adrenaline's running at the He's library. Out with Larry, yeah. You know, and there's he, a lot going on. There's tons going on, and so he he bolts. That's when Raven has her vision that uh, Corey has a whole pack of cigarettes in his room. Uh, for so, anyone unfamiliar with that's so Raven, uh, the premise is that the titular character Raven has psychic visions that allow her to see the future. <laughs> And she even says in this episode, my visions are never wrong, which if you've seen any episode of That's a Raven, the punchline is almost always that her visions are wrong. Uh, I mean, they're, they're correct, but there's always context around them that she doesn't for once take into consideration. And you'd think this late she would have figured that out already. Nope, we're in the finale and she's still getting, getting tricked by her visions. <clears throat> So she uh, goes upstairs to try and find the cigarettes, and that's when uh, Larry comes over. What do you have to say about Larry? Larry is Corey's white friend. Yeah. When Corey needs a white person near him for a scene, it's Larry. It's Larry. Pretty consistently Larry. He is uh, there, and he brings over with him uh, a copy of the video game Drag Race 3000. I don't know if you noticed, but the controllers they were using were <laughs> one GameCube controller with the wire cut off and one Dreamcast controller with the VMUs taken out. And uh, I, so I didn't notice that, but I'm so glad you pointed that out because the scene uh, in which they're playing the video game ends with Corey saying something along the lines of like, uh, my pack never works. I, gotta, I have no idea what they could have been talking got, about. Yeah, we got to go over to your house and use the pack there. I always have an extra pack of game in case mine isn't working. It, it's like the writers have never once seen a video game. Uh, someone described it to them who described, or someone described it to one person, and then that person described it to the writers, what a video game is. And then the writers use that knowledge to put together this scene. <laughs> Um, so they, of course, they run upstairs to play Drag Race 3000. Raven's in Corey's room. Raven runs and hides underneath. Uh, well, first, 
uh, behind the door and they hit her in the face with the door so we get some slapstick and then she stumbles underneath the bed without them noticing uh i just want to point out really quickly Mm -hmm. that one of Corey's lines during this scene says i've been smoking them at the arcade which suggests that uh Drag Race 3000 is a port of an arcade game. It is. Which likely means it was published or developed by Sega. Oh, so we get some some background info into uh, Drag Race 3000, which is a game that uh, Larry even says that he is um, he's hooked on. So it must be a, a really good series. Do you think of the series they were going for like Grand Theft Auto or they just threw together? I'm thinking Crazy Taxi. Okay. For, for Drag Race 3000. So I, here's what I thought would be fun. So this scene, the, the constant jokes come from Raven under the bed, hearing Corey and Larry talk about Drag Race 3000, but thinking that it's about <clears> smoking. <throat> and so I wanted to play a game with you real quick, Ren. Uh, I wrote down uh, four lines. Three of them are lines that they said about Drag Race 3000, and one of them is, is not. And I want you to guess which one is uh, not a thing that they said. Okay. 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 Um, so the first, the first one that they said, and to remind, to remind those listening, Raven's under the bed and thinks that they are talking about smoking, uh, and not Drag Race 3000. So the, the first one is, "Come on, let's fire it up." Okay. They said that. Uh, the second one is, "Let's start dragging." Okay. <laughs> Third is, "We're really smoking them now." <laughs> The fourth is, these things are getting expensive. What can you do? We're hooked. That one, they say, they definitely say that one. Yeah, so... Um, read me read me the middle two again. Yeah, so the, the second one was, let's start dragging. <laughs> and then the third one was, we're really smoking them now. They don't say the third. They they don't say we're really smoking them now. Correct. Yes, and that's yes! that's that's correct uh, because their uh, their pack was out of game, so <laughs> they didn't get to play. They didn't get to to play anyone. Um, what a what a scene! What a really good scene! <laughs> and it so, kind of captures like that uh that era of Disney Channel. They got a little bit of slapstick going on. Ravens in an unfortunate predicament. Mm-hmm. Underneath laundry the bed, all over her. Laundry. That's where Raven also has that kind of like this espionage element to it where she like investigates stuff and has to dress up as other characters. Ex- yes. Yeah. And so we don't see her, we don't see her do the dress up in this one, but we do see her. She says, I will investigate on my own. Yeah. And uh, so. They leave. Corey and Larry leave uh, because, like we've already talked about, the the pack is out of game. The Joy-Con has drift, and uh, Larry's games are better. His console works, so they go. And uh, then Corey runs back, and he holds up the cigarette pack. For whatever reason, he runs back into the room. He says, <laughs> "Good thing Raven didn't find these." Good thing Raven didn't find these. And does he take them with him so Raven doesn't find them? No. Well, okay, here's the thing, though. It might seem dumb that he's putting the cigarettes in his dresser. I think I know where you're episode, going. At the end of the episode, he says, he makes a comment that suggests that him and Raven aren't allowed in each other's rooms. Yes, that they have a previous pact that's been yeah. agreed upon that they will never go into each other's rooms. So that, that, 
you're right. So maybe Corey did feel that that pact is one thing that is never going to be broken. And so mm. the, the cigarettes are good in his room. Little does he know, Raven is under the bed. So she comes, she finds them. She goes downstairs to find, and that's when we, we've talked about, she finds Eddie and Chelsea yeah. hours later. Uh, in but this, this is when she decides that she needs to do something. She decides she needs to do something about Corey's smoking. And um, in like the span of an hour, sets up an entire intervention for him. She does. It's a, a full on intervention. When she's talking to Eddie and Chelsea about what she just learned about Corey, that she believes Corey is smoking, Chelsea says, Are you sure they were talking about Drag Race 3000? So Chelsea is maybe also someone who has been dragging and firing it up maybe she's at the arcade with Corey. she she's at the intervention which clearly suggests that they're close friends that they're close enough uh so they they all uh raven and eddie pretty much quickly dismissed the concept of it could possibly be drag race 3000 and they laugh it off and uh that's when like you said they set up this intervention and this is really the the climax of the episode it's where it's where everything's been building up to a yes up and all of our storylines have led us here to this intervention do you know in this scene Corey has a friend who's wearing zipper pants the kid yeah no clue what his name is uh the thing is, like he must be a recurring character but i don't remember him from the show I, yeah I, I don't remember his name I don't remember much like, about all, all him. New Channel shows of that era had like that weird, like one little kid, like Hannah Montana had Rico. Yeah. Yep. And so that's who, who this is. He's there. He's in his 90s zipper pants and he is ready to intervene. And boy, does he. <laughs> so they, that's right. They, he, he goes through like, he gives Corey a less, what is he like warnings about cigarettes? He does. But, eventually it just becomes like a real PSA. He, so I, I kind of want to talk through, we see yeah. a lot of different approaches to this intervention. <clears throat> and I think that it's important that we highlight pros and cons to each method. Uh, immediate okay. con, Eddie attacking Corey. <laughs> so Corey walks into the room and to see that he is at an intervention. <laughs> Without any explanation, Eddie tackles Corey. No, Eddie screams, get him. (laughs) (laughs) Pulls him to the ground. So let's, uh, on a scale of one to ten, effective intervention method. One, horrible. I would agree with that. I would say. I think it's the worst case scenario way that you can open an intervention. I completely agree with that. Especially in the case when the person being intervened hasn't really done anything. Yes. Yeah, so Corey gets up. He's obviously a little shaken and upset. And that's when he learns the intervention is because he's been smoking. Uh, And we didn't mention Cindy is also here. So there's that tension of Corey doesn't want to immediately come out and and say it because he promised Cindy that he wouldn't tell. Uh, And so that's when we see this kid, whose name we don't know, but the zipper pants one. He then does like you said, a, he goes through four or five different reasons why you I shouldn't. It was three. It was three? Okay. It, it felt was, like 
honestly felt like a lot more. It's because he's interrupted. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. he's talking about uh, bad breath mm-hmm. and it's bad for your teeth, harms your lungs. And as he's going through these, we're seeing Cindy like check her breath and uh, like pick at her teeth. And I don't know what she does for the lungs one, but so she's clearly being impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we think of this intervention strategy? Direct. It kind of, fe- uh, from like a writing perspective, this feels like the Disney mandated, you have to do a cigarette episode and these are the lines that need to be in it. Yeah, so that's, I, I'm curious about the context of this. If there was a Disney safety week or Disney anti-smoking week and that's what this episode was built for. I feel like that's the only way that can explain why this episode was aired so late. Like, months after Cory mm-hmm. in the house aired like after the finale it was some strange contractual obligation that yeah. that they had to fulfill and the the reason i think that is less because of the kid and more because of what raven ends up saying to Cory during the intervention mm-hmm. which I, forget what, I forget what exactly it is but it's very sincere and very it, it yes. takes a very like a mature mm-hmm. approach like the laugh track dies down and just lets the moment land yes uh so, so this is another, what do we think about this? If we had to give it a scale of one to 10 um, compared to Eddie's, how effective is this method of intervention? The young boys? Yeah. It's, it's better. I'll give it, you know, I'll give it a seven for practicality, but in terms of originality, we, we know why it's here. Yes, exactly. I, I would go with the six. I'm going to, going to give it the six. I think it, it does its job. It's definitely better than tackling Corey. <laughs> uh, but and so so next we see so this actually kind of breaks through to Cindy. Cindy's about to tell the truth, and that's when Chelsea interrupts her very to, rudely, very rudely to do her method of intervention, which is I've known you, Corey, since you were training on the toilet, and now you are throwing your life away, and she just shakes him. The, the thing I find interesting about that scene is that Corey's actually smiling before she says that. Mm-hmm. He, so he, he has fond memories. Yeah, they have fond memories together. Like mm-hmm. her reminiscing about him learning how to poop is not a bad memory for him. No. And then, and I mean, they we know for a fact that they played Drag Race 2000 yeah. together at the arcade where they light it up. <laughs> so you're right they do have a a strong relationship and uh, the shaking does seem to have some impact on him and so what do we the shaking method scale of one to ten i'm gonna give it a three because it wasn't chelsea's turn to talk and raven had asked cindy to speak with Corey specifically yep and chelsea interrupting even more inappropriate correct yeah so I'll, i'll i'll give it a four just because i appreciate the idea of talking about his childhood but the shaking just doesn't feel right and so Corey's out Corey says i'm leaving and that's when we guys so he opens up the front door goes to leave that's when we see the juicer i was very happy to see the juicer in this episode me too Uh, those unaware the juicer is Corey's recurring bully throughout that's so raven he also returns in Corey in the house. That is not something I knew. Really? So I am excited to see the juicer make yet another return then uh, as we watch through Corey in the house. That's, I am very excited to see the juicer come back. So 
Uh, the juicer comes in. He says, Raven told me to make a speech and talk about how good of friends we are. Well, we are neither friends and I don't do speeches. And that's when we see his style of intervention, which is... Well, first he clarifies that he loves to juice little kids' heads. <laughs> yes. Sorry, you're correct. So before he goes into his style of intervention, he does. he says... Uh, you have a bad habit that's smoking cigarettes. My bad habit is squeezing little kids' heads. Just what a wonderful Wait, concept for a kid's character. How many children's heads have been squeezed by the juicer? Has the juicer canonically killed? It's, I don't feel like the show tells us he hasn't. I feel like juice can't come out of a child's head any other way. No. I feel like the amount, of, the amount of pressure you'd have to squeeze would would mean that the unfortunately the, the child is yeah. deceased. Yeah, so the juicer does he does his job, he does it well. His name does not escape him. He is the, the king of juicing, and he is the person in this scene who gets the job done when he says, I will juice your head, Corey, until you is it just until he owns up to not smoking? Yes. Or, okay. or until he owns up to smoking. So uh, that's the threat. He says, I will juice you until you confess to smoking. And so Corey, who still does not want to take the fall for Cindy, says, okay, juice my head then. Let's get this done. Uh, and that's when we Cindy, see Cindy, Cindy chime in and say, no, I'm the one who's smoking. So what do we think about uh, this is the final method of, uh, of intervention? Scale of I, 1 to 10. I think it's effective. I'm going to give it a 10. The juicer I, represents uh, something very primal for Corey in life. And I think that him coming face to face with Corey, if Corey were smoking, this would get him to stop. Correct. Yes, it would. It, and it effectively gets Cindy to stop smoking. It does. So... It gets two people, one who wasn't smoking and one who is a smoker, uh, kind of. I mean, she smoked once and was about to smoke twice in the living room, but that's neither here nor there. She agrees to never smoking again. I agree with your 10. I think that it is, he does a great job with intervening here. And without the juicer, I don't know if the episode would have ended the same for Cindy and Corey. I agree. Yeah, so... We, we see Cindy chime in here. She says, all right, I'm going to stop smoking. And the... Eddie makes an interesting comment. <laughs> I don't what know. Is, what does Eddie say? Uh, he said, like, something like, oh, a sweet... You're so, you're, we're supposed to believe a sweet, innocent girl, like, Cindy's smoking. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then um, Ray tells him that more and more girls are smoking today, which I feel like was another, like, Disney-mandated message to drop. Correct. But I did like that Raven stood up for Cindy. Yes. So Raven said, oh, not, not so fast, Eddie. And, uh, and it's interesting. So the reason why Raven doesn't initially believe that Corey was not smoking is going back to that laundry that Corey kept saying he did but didn't do. Uh, she believes that it was his fault for lying all day. And so, Corey agrees. Yeah. Corey says you're right. Uh, so I guess the, the message here is don't lie about doing your laundry when you haven't. Because and then you don't, won't, don't smoke. You don't smoke because otherwise you, you won't be believed. And, and you'll uh, always have enough ingredients to make another casserole. And you'll, so 
Okay, so I, the, that's that's the punchline to the episode. Re- real quick, though, the one thing I don't want to skip over is the juicer says, I showed up here, I want to juice something. Right. And he's given the pack of cigarettes. To... I'll be honest, I actually thought this was an effective little scene. Yeah. It, it kind of but... highlights the grossness. Like, even if it's, like, clearly exaggerated and not realistic. Correct, yeah. So like, that... what he highlights like how just disgusting cigarettes are on, like, a basic level. Yes, uh, I, I completely agree. And we see, so he juices and this black gunk comes out and goes on the floor, uh, to which um, I, I, don't, I don't put down who says the line, but we get the line, better on the floor than in your lungs. Raven says that. Raven says it. And so that's just something that I will always try to live by now, is that better on the floor than in your lungs. That's what Raven always says. So, uh, so... The episode ends on that button, and then we get our last scene, which ties up the casserole storyline that we've all been been waiting for. So, like you said, uh, they have the ingredients for not one, not two, <laughs> but uh, Chelsea and Eddie managed to make a third casserole, which is sitting in the kitchen. Uh, and the mayor is on his way to come pick it up. The mayor's office is on their way right now to pick it up. So Raven says, that's great. The mayor's still going to get his casserole. All is, el- all is well that ends well. Uh, until the juicer comes in uh, with this. So unlike Eddie and Chelsea, who used giant utensils, he is diving in with his hands. So his fingers are covered in the horrible casserole. And it's all over his mouth. And he says, uh, he's like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to eat this. And then they all say, all right, time to do it again. So and that's, it. And that's, that's our Raven. They have, that means that there's a fourth set of ingredients for this casserole. The mayor is on their way over right now to pick up the casserole. Earlier, we learned that it took hours to make. There's just a lot that doesn't add up with this final scene, but we need to accept it as they go into the kitchen and we zoom in on the juicer who looks like he is in absolute heaven. Uh, That casserole definitely existed just so that episode could have something to end on. Yes, that was a, they started from the end and then worked their way. That's the only logical explanation. (laughs) They wrote it backwards. That's uh, because otherwise I don't know why that casserole existed. So um, and that, like, like you said, so that's, that is our episode of That's a Raven season four, episode 22, when there is smoke. And so just like we will do with uh, all the Corey in the house episodes, we want to uh, go through our uh, Rose, Rosebud, and Thorn for this episode. So our Rose, uh, what we felt the highlight was the Rosebud, something that we um, appreciated that we want to see more of or that we're wanting to learn more about. And then the Thorn, so something that we felt was the worst part about the episode. And then we will rate it uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. And uh, we will then have an ultimate ranking of, of these episodes. So Ren, uh, what was your Rose to the episode? My, I'm going to say juicing the cigarettes. It was a nice, strong little visual that I feel like would have really stayed with me if I had watched that at as like the 
intended demographic. Yeah, so you're just saying not even uh, the juicer himself, but just that that motion where he juices the cigarettes and the gunk comes out on it and it's better on the floor than in your lungs. That was the- Just from like a writing perspective, it's a good way of using a pre-established character that already exists who mm-hmm. is part of the main cast. Yeah, so so my rose was actually the same thing. Uh, not necessarily that the, mm-hmm. the use of him there, but just the juicer's appearance. It right. felt like this episode needed one final push to get it over the hill and mm-hmm. the juicer is what- we needed so as soon as he was at the door i knew that it was going to be a great finale to the episode uh and and it certainly was and so for the rosebud uh so this is something that we uh kind of want to see more of and for me i felt like Corey and cindy's relationship is promising and i want to know what they're going to be doing um moving forward if they'll be friends if they uh will start dating i mean Corey just helped cindy uh, get unhooked from cigarettes. So, you know, I just feel like there's a strong relationship there. And I, I know that we don't see more, but I wish that we did. What about you, Brent? For me, I'm going to say Corey's growth specifically. I, I feel like early Corey in That's So Raven is more of a villainous character. He's very mischievous. Mm-hmm. He's a thorn in Raven's side. But this is an episode that really puts him in, in front and center gives him you know someone to take care of like a plot where he gets to be in the center spotlight that portrays him positively yeah this was was really a cory centric episode and so uh for the finale of the show it i think showed us a lot about who cory is and especially who he was at the start of that's a raven and the kind of person who he is now because he doesn't even hesitate for a second the cigarette he says absolutely and it'll be interesting to see how much of that characterization changes yeah i'm very curious to see if they stick with this growth in coin the house or if they just go ahead and start from scratch and i have a feeling that it's going to start from scratch that's if i remember right that's what happens yeah um what was your thorn what was the the worst part about the episode for you i'm gonna say eddie and chelsea yeah i they were very distracting they were very low energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did laugh when Eddie tackled Corey. But for the most part, they, they felt very, I don't know. Raven was giving it her all. She was. That's, she all, was that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so th- I think that that's a very valid thorn. They did not belong in this episode. <laughs> and they were only there to fill time. Uh, for me, my thorn was that in many senses, this was a bottle episode where we didn't leave the Baxter's house. Yeah. We were in it the entire time. We didn't go to school. We didn't go to the chill grill. We didn't um, even get to go to the arcade where they were uh, lighting right. it up on Drag Racer 3000. So it just felt too contained and too tight that overall the worldly impact of Cindy's ultimate decision didn't feel uh, earned, I guess. Didn't feel like like it had high stakes. It was high stakes, as it should have. So so the last thing we have to do is to rate the episode. So what would you uh, rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to give it a 5. Okay. I think it's not... 
a typical episode of That's So Raven. It's not really an episode you can rewatch, and it's you know, all that fun to rewatch. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of out of place in its position in the series yeah. as the finale, but it has it has good stuff in it. It's fun. It was a lot. It was funnier than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how it has a, it has a charm. It feels very homey. Yeah, it, very, it's a very welcoming show. Yeah, so so I'm actually I'm gonna go just one step higher than you and say six. Uh, I felt a lot of the same things that you did. It did feel very familiar. It did feel very warm and welcoming. That's a Raven does tackle some uh, heavier topics in some different episodes, and this felt like one of those episodes that. Uh, was right on par with with those heavier topics i felt like that casserole storyline was abysmal didn't deserve to be in there the fact that they made us watch chelsea and eddie eat it twice and then zoom in as the final scene of the series and see the juicer eating the casserole with his fingers that was rough that was very very rough but otherwise um definitely some some strengths to the episode as well that we've talked about the humor the different lines about them smoking uh while raven was under the bed i thought that was that was fun that was clever so i'll stick with my six i I will give it my six so uh, i guess that gives the finale an 11 out of 20 it does yeah so uh hopefully we will see hopefully more episodes of cory in the house will be slightly above that middle range but who knows i have a feeling there'll be a lot of highs and lows with that and so uh with all of this uh thank you so much for for listening to episode zero of grace and wren and cory in the house uh as we began our dive into the universe of cory baxter and uh raven Simone and their various adventures and journeys what uh, we will do is in the next week or so, we will go ahead and dive into our first episode of Cory in the House. Uh, Ren, do you have anything that you're really looking forward to with Cory in the House? I'm, I want to know how it ends. Yeah, Corey if it's like House this. Was not a Disney Channel show I ever finished. Yeah, it was. It came out around that time period where I was starting to age out of yeah. like following Disney Channel shows uh very closely and i'm hoping that the show does not end in an episode like that's a raven where it it was had no weight to it being the finale i hope the show has some closure i'm also looking forward to i don't remember a lot about it so i'm looking forward to revisiting the characters uh and also the the political aspect especially in today's world and environment I'm and, very excited for that aspect. Yeah, I, I can't Corey wait to see politics. Yeah, and, and try and figure out uh, maybe which political party the president uh, maybe falls into, and we can have some fun figuring that out. But uh, that will come with due time. And so, uh, with that, we are off. And thank you again for for listening. So uh, enjoy and have a great day. Bye. <laughs> Raising a red demon to my electric guitar.